Welcome to Conversations with John and Lisa. In this special Valentine's Day episode, you'll be hearing an excerpt from John and Lisa's study, The Story of Marriage. For a free copy of the Marriage Makeover ebook, please click the link in the episode's description. Enjoy! Well, we're here on session three already. It's going yep. fast. Yep. And the uh, title of this one's Clear the Decks. Amen. And uh, I like that title. And I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about this session. And we're going to really that, open... What does that we're mean? Gonna, what does it gonna, mean to clear the decks? Well, here's the definition. I love this definition. It means to prepare for a particular event or goal by dealing with anything beforehand that might hinder the progress. Yeah. So we're talking about things that obstacles that would keep us from achieving the mission that we have for our marriage. And um, basically, things that we brought into our marriage or things that developed in our marriage that right now are hindering us from enlarging. And we're going to be really vulnerable and really open in this session. Um, This is... This is all by trial and error. The first four years of our marriage look like WWF wrestling. When you do Literally. not have children around to watch how badly you're behaving, you will do incredibly stupid things. And we fought. Well, especially when we didn't have it a godly example modeled. Because right. we, we both came out of families that were well, your not... parents didn't fight. No. And my parents did not fight. My parents and just so, didn't. <laughs> my, so my dad just didn't talk, so... Yeah, no, his dad would just, like, okay, I'm sitting here. So when we first... I remember the first couple of times we had a disagreements. We just we just didn't even know what to do. Because first of all, we did not listen in premarital counseling. Right. When they were like, when you guys disagree, we'll we were like, never no, fight. no, we love we'll each other. We'll never disagree. Jesus put us together. God's hand is on our line. You know, we have so, an exceptional yeah, union Yeah, we were like, here. that's for people that don't really have a God connection. They need... Counseling. We don't need counseling. We and never fight. So anyway, when we when we had our first couple of fights, it was it was uh, it was pretty intense. And I remember we were having this one discussion where John was like, "Sit down, sit down right now." Well, I don't like being told what to do like that. And and he said, "You're going to sit down." And we're gonna, and he he pushed me to get me to sit down on a bed, and only half of my bottom made it to the bed. So I fell on the floor, and I came up with a floor lamp in my hands. I had taken the floor lamp and, 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 and he looked at me. And there was a look of me. terror on my face. Yeah, and, and, and he looked at me and he's like, what, what are you, what are you gonna do with that? And I'm like, I don't even know how it got in my hands. I, I, I just remember I was like. Is that the, when you thought what, when the plates no, went flying by no, my head? No, I don't even no, know how that no, went. No, 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 so, so, I, so, we, so we put it down and, and I remember you know, going out to lunch and being, actually being horrified that I was like, you know, brandishing a, a floor lamp. And my husband, I was like, what kind of crazy person am I? And so I went out to lunch with a friend and I said, her name was Annette. And I was like, Annette, um, have you ever been in a disagreement with Juan? And all of a sudden you like had a, like a floor lamp in your hands? And, and she just kind of looked at me and she was like, no. And I was like, me neither. And, and, and I just remember that we just, we had nowhere to go. We had no one to go to. And I remember it escalated to such an extreme. We're so strong-willed. It it was so extreme. I mean, we we physically were fighting. And I remember, you know, I mean, it was physical the first two years. And I remember one time, I'm ashamed to say this, but I struck and I was horrified. I mean, the realization came to me what I was doing. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, 28 years now, there's never been any of that. But, you know, I got to say this. I mean, there are women that are physically struck Mm -hmm. and don't ever, ever strike your wife for any reason. I don't care what she does. 
I don't care if she beats you with a four lamp. Don't strike no. your wife. She well, is the weaker vessel, and God says you are to honor her as such. Yeah. And so we were, we were a mess and, those and, first, and I had first made, couple years. And I had made myself a vow. I had made myself a vow. I had said, if a man ever hits me, that's the last day I live with him. Right. And so we were two years into our marriage, and all of a sudden I am confronted with a life script that I have said, if a man ever strikes me, that's it. And so I remember what I did. I got a hold of Dr. Dobson's book, Love Must Be Tough, and I decided this is going to be escalated to a crisis. And so John came home from work, and when he like went to go into the door, it was locked. And he was like, hey, uh, Lisa, I'm home. And I like went up to the upper window, looked down, and said, I know you're home, but I don't know where you're staying this weekend, but you're not staying here. You are not going to treat me this way. And I remember he was like, oh, are you serious? I'm like, I'm totally serious. So he went to some friends of ours, said he was praying. And then I went to God and I was like, all right, God, I've got some ideas for you. (laughs) While John is away, you need to give him a bad dream. You need to talk to him about horrible, how horrible he is being to me. You need to shake him up. You know, I don't want you to kill him because I don't have enough life insurance on him. But God, you really, really need to get this man's attention. And no matter how much I prayed about John, all God would talk to me about was me. He kept saying, Lisa, you hold an account against John. Because see, when John and I fought, we didn't fight about what we were really fighting about. We fought about that and the two years of accumulation of disagreements. And so I didn't fight fair with him. I threw it all down on the table. So he never felt like he could get out from underneath the weight of it. And the reason why I did that was because I grew up in an emotionally, physically abusive household. And I just was scared that if I canceled the debt, then I would be unsafe. And so while I'm home, I'm like, really? What are you saying to John? How come I've always got to change? I hope you're telling him to do something. And God was like, you know, when he comes home, because see, even though I wanted to change, I actually wanted appearance more. So he was going to come home in time to change his clothes so we could sit in church together and hold hands and look like a perfect couple on Sunday morning. But while I let God change my heart, he began to change John's heart. And he came home to a different woman and a different man, completely different man, came home to me. And, you know, I know that there's certain things that people say, like if my husband ever cheated, I would never, never forgive him. If my wife ever did this, I will never forgive You know, you, you, need to, you need to not say those things. You need to, you need to let love have its way. And I That's don't know what good. you've come with script-wise because of fear, but you need, you need to erase those things. And so the first four years, we fought. Mm-hmm. And then the next five years. We were pretty broken. We lived in the aftermath. I mean, when you fight and you haven't built, then you are surrounded by, well, we had some literally broken windows for me. We had a dented refrigerator for me. We had, we had, we had reminders of the first four years of pain in the next five years. Yeah. And then we began to rise and build. And this is, we want you to clear the decks I mean, it it seems like another lifetime ago, and I'm smiling right now because I realize what God brought us through. We're very strong-willed. We're very, very strong-willed, and strong-willed people break harder, you know. But you know, you you look at a horse. If he's very stubborn and very strong-willed, he might end up being your greatest horse once he's broken. And so, please understand that we were a mess, 
And the only reason, it's the first time I've ever said it publicly, what we've said today and some of these things. The reason I'm saying this is because our situation looked utterly hopeless, utterly. Mm-hmm. And yet and we had I look at how amazing our marriage is today and I'm like, only God. And so I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how bad it looks right now. All you two have to do is just turn your hearts towards God mm-hmm. and allow Him to deal with you because when I went away to my friend's house, God started dealing with me. Mm-hmm. And that's when I made some decisions that I've stood by for 28 years. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, yeah, I'm not proud. I'm not, I'm not ever, I, I really not don't ever want to talk about it again, but yeah. I, I figured, Lisa and I both talked about this. If this is going to help a lot of you out there, it's worth bringing it up. Because it's a testimony of what God can do. And I've got 28 years of, of, of being able to say, it's really real. God delivered me, you know. And so, you know, the number one thing that has to be cleared from the decks in marriage is offense. Mm-hmm. Offense is going to keep you from building. It's mm-hmm. going to keep you from enlarging. It's going to keep that list going. Yes. That I had. Yeah. Listen to Colossians 3.13 out of the New Living Translation. It's amazing. Make allowance. Now listen to these words. Make allowance. I want you to apply this to your spouse as you're listening right now. Make allowance for each other's faults. Okay? So, you know, I don't have to convince you of this, but I'm going to remind you of it. Your spouse isn't perfect, and neither are you. So, make allowances for each other's faults. That means allow them to make mistakes. Okay? And forgive anyone who offends you. Now, anyone especially includes your spouse. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not a suggestion here. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And Lisa, what I truly believe is a person who cannot forget is a person who has forgotten what they've been forgiven of. Mm -hmm. When you think about our just reward, what we deserved Mm -hmm. was to burn in hell forever and ever and ever. That was what we should have gotten. I don't care how nice you think you were, how good society Mm -hmm. said you were, Mm -hmm. you deserved hell forever in God's eyes. That's how Mm -hmm. badly you offended God, okay? Mm -hmm. Yet God, before you ever said, I'm sorry, chose to die for you. And, you know, and I want to just bring that into the marriage thing. For us, I would say to you, I remember the first couple years of our marriage, I'll forgive you when you change. Right. But the truth is we forgive so someone can change. We forgive so they can change. So when we forgive them. It's actually a vote of confidence to say, I believe the best in you. I believe you want to love well. I'm going to forgive you so you can change instead of holding it back until you do change and make you earn it. So we, we Now I said something. I couldn't change. You want to know why? Because Jesus said, whoever sins you retain, they're retained. Mm. So in other words, if I can't forgive Lisa, she can't change. If she can't forgive me, I can't change. Now, of course, we God feel, can... Oh, no, we feel the weight of it. You, you, yeah, because... We change. We feel the weight of it. You feel the yeah. weight of it, and it just keeps you going back to it. Mm-hmm. And it was when you began to forgive me, Yeah. all of a sudden, I found, okay, now God's really getting through to me a lot quicker here. Yeah. And so, it, it yeah. was... It, I remember he had to give me the script, because it wasn't something that had been written into my life, where he had me look at you and say, I believe you want to change. And I forgive you. That meant the world to me. when God, when we come to God and say, God, I've done this again, he always says to us, I believe you want to change and I forgive you. He doesn't say, you're just going to do it again in two weeks. I know that because I know the end from the beginning and you are going to do this again. He just says, I believe you and I forgive you. Amazing. He throws promise into our future. So what happens is when there's offense, we close our spirits. 
Now, Paul mm -hmm. talks about the, to the Corinthians, he said, open your hearts to us, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And what happened was the Corinthian church had closed their hearts. And so offense will cause a person to close their hearts. And what happens is we become like the Dead Sea. You have the Sea of Galilee, you have yeah. the Dead Sea. The mm -hmm. Sea of Galilee freely receives and yeah. freely gives. Mm -hmm. Receives waters from the north that originate yeah. up near Caesarea Philippi, and it freely gives waters out to the south. The Dead Sea only takes in. It doesn't give out. Yeah. Nothing can live in the Dead Sea. Right. So if you want to create a household where no good thing can live and survive, yeah. then close your spirit. Yeah. And you see, this is what the Bible commands. When you forgive, you reopen. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'll reopen if I know and I'm assured you'll never do this again. Jesus said, you're willing to be hurt 70 times 7. And in Luke's gospel, he yeah. said in a day, that's 4 to 90 times in one day. For you to do something against me 4 to 90 times in one day, you would have to do it once every three minutes, provided you and I don't go to sleep. That's a lot of sin. And I don't know any spouse that can sin that good. So what Jesus is saying yeah. is you're supposed to forgive like your heavenly father. Yeah. And so... And, and we, this, that was at the beginning of our marriage, but later on in our marriage, we found ourselves at an impasse. I remember there was a decision where we actually were in a disagreement for about a year and a half. Like our children would be at the dinner table and be like, okay, this isn't going to come up again. Or is this, and, we'd be, and it was like, we just kind of, we'd start hitting around it. And, and you were out one night and you were praying and you were mad at me and I was in the bathtub mad at you. And what happened? No, no, I want to go a little further. I was furious at you, okay? And Listen, I don't do anything halfway. And you were furious at me. Take it, take and it all away. This was in that season when it was looking hopeless, okay? And I just shut my mouth and I stormed out the house. You said a lot before you shut I said a lot and stormed out the house. And I remember I'm walking and I'm outside praying and I said, God, I'm so angry at her. And I'm just, I don't, I, I don't even know what to say. And I was, just, I, I couldn't even pray. I was so angry. And I'll never forget the Holy Spirit whispered to me. I'll never forget this. He said, I want you to thank me for one thing of Lisa. One good thing of Lisa. And I'm sitting there going, you know, our kids were all still really young. I got, she's a good mom. <laughs> and when I said, she, God, thank you. For Lisa being a good mom. When I said that, all of a sudden... You said, I was a good cook next. What came up next was, Lord, thanks, she's a really good cook. And then I said, and thanks because she does says this to me. And thanks because she dresses this way. And thanks... And all of a sudden, a gusher opened up. And I start going, and God, thank you for this. And I'm literally outside, and I'm like, you're a jerk! You are a complete idiot! She's amazing! And I remember... Coming back to the house, I'd been out for about 45 minutes. And I said, I'm so sorry. I've been such a jerk, Lisa. Please forgive me. You are this, and you are this, and you are this, and you are this. And I literally saw you melt in mm -hmm. front of my eyes. And I, had, I thought I you were just going to no, be I, mad at me, you know? I had actually, because we, we, we were being combative. And I, and I had actually gotten in the bathtub, and I said, God, if you bring him back, and he says he's sorry, I'm going to open my heart. And, I, and, and like, I was so mad at him. Okay, no, this is ridiculous. I took off my engagement ring. I said, we're married, but we're not engaged. That's what I would say to him. I'm like, what in the world? But anyway, so, so I was like, I mean, I was like, I don't. So every day was like, it's not on. It's not on. So I, and she, and she I, hid I, it. So she yeah, hid, hid the engagement ring. Yeah, it was ring. ridiculous. So anyway, that's, we're talking about a Sicilian and an Italian here. So anyway, I put the engagement back on. And, um, and in that season, also, I remember... 
John was traveling on the road a lot, and I actually got to the place where I really liked him being gone. And that's horrible. I was like, life is easier when he's gone. He just makes me crazy when he's at home. And, and because of all the fighting and all of the tension. And, and, um, and so I was in my closet and I said, God, you know, I, I just, I really, I really need you to, you know, do another like remake on John. There is just some stuff that's going on and I, I don't like it. And it, I know you don't like it. And, you know, cause I always just feel like God's on my side. And, and, <laughs> and, I, and I heard him say to me, Tell me, I'm enough for you. And I was like, wait a minute. If I say that you're enough for me, does that mean John's not going to change? Does that mean that I'm, I'm, this is never going to change and I have to just settle that you're enough for me? And he said, I just need to hear you say that I am enough for you. And so I remember every time something that would happen that would feel like a disappointment, I would just say, Jesus, you're enough for me. Jesus, you're enough for me. Jesus, you're enough for me. And then I remember it went from Jesus, you're enough for me to an overflow of Jesus, you're more than enough for me. So then it wasn't just that I had enough, but I had enough for me and enough for him. And I remember when he came home from the next trip, God had done a work in his life and I picked him up from the airport. I was always like, let somebody else pick him up. I don't want to pick him up at the airport. I picked him up from the airport and he had brought me a gift. And I just remember it was like this incredible new beginning. But it began with me saying that Jesus was enough and then more than enough. And John deciding to be thankful when it looked like he had very little and so many people don't understand. It says, give thanks with a grateful heart. It's not with full hands. It's not with a f- perfect situation. Our thank comes from our heart. And everybody right. can have a grateful heart, even yeah. if they don't like their home well, situation. Do, do, do you remember when you were a kid and, and you're riding a bike and there's a big stone in the middle of the road? Mm-hmm. You can go 10 feet that way. You can go 10 feet that way. But you look at the stone and what do you do? You hit the stone. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're always going to go where you're focused. Right. And what I was focused is when I realized when I started saying, God, thank you, Lisa's this and thank you, Lisa's that, I realized I'm you looking at the focus. stone. Mm-hmm. I'm just focused on the stone mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Look at all that God has get, blessed me with in this amazing woman. And, and so it is so important. The enemy wants you to close your heart up. He wants you to be offended because mm-hmm. if so, you cannot, listen to me, you cannot build, you cannot be fruitful, you cannot multiply. It will affect every area of your life, including mm-hmm. your children, mm-hmm. okay? And you know what I believe one of the greatest things that our children witness as little children is they looked at me as a dad saying sorry to Lisa, and they looked at Lisa as a mom saying sorry to, to me, mm-hmm. and they always had us saying sorry to them when we were wrong. And I... I, I the, the, Forgiveness is so powerful, Mm -hmm. and forgiveness does not have to be earned in the kingdom. Forgiveness is given when it's not deserved. That's what it means, forgive. You give in advance when it's not deserved. So if you're going to clear the decks, Mm -hmm. we got to make sure right now we're not carrying grudges, we're carrying offenses, we got to clear them off. And so we want to encourage you to take the time to do that. In fact, why don't we just... And I want you to pray, yeah, but yeah. I want to say this. This isn't about like, oh my gosh, there's so many bad things. This is about so many unrealized 
amazing things in your family's future. This is about yeah. positioning your family free, clear, a legacy of heaven walking on earth. This is about clearing the deck so that you can move forward. It's, it's, it's about let's get rid of everything that obstructs us from receiving everything that God has for us. This isn't about, oh, you got bad. Well, you only have five bad things and I've got 35 bad things. This is about, hey, you know what? None of us want what we can provide in our own strength. We want, we want to have an invasion in our marriage. Yes. And um, we want a lineage that only God can give. So we, we really want this to be a sacred and a holy moment for you. And um, so we're going to pray over it, but we want it to be something that each individual or each couple takes the time to do together. Absolutely. And so we've structured it. So let's believe God. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every single couple and every single engaged person and every single person takes as they read this chapter, as they write down on the paper the things that need to be cleared off their deck. Father, we pray for an atmosphere of heaven. We pray that your spirit would lead them and would surround and encompass them, that the angels of God would literally surround, ready to execute vengeance upon the enemy that has plagued them from generation to generation to generation. We speak freedom into their household. We speak freedom into their marriage. We speak liberty, Lord, into their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. So we declare the kingdom of God has come within you. The will of God be done in your marriage, in your home, on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's special episode. For a free copy of the Marriage Makeover ebook, please click the link in the episode's description. Also, be sure to subscribe and share conversations with John and Lisa on iTunes. And you can connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, 